just once again make clear that which most do not seem to understand. This podcast is marked as explicit, not because it offers a mature look into the world of topics not meant for the young or immature, but because it mucks about in very appalling, gormless, and tasteless filth whilst reveling in it. Cinemus Psyops aims to drag you down into the very same muck filled with sexual deviancy and decayed morality. Cinemus Psyops. They heap weekly praise on such filth while discussing the most base and animalistic urges, reviewing the lowest common denominator of low-grade trash ever considered film.
Welcome to the 393rd consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy coming to you live with a hemp-derived legal high sitting in his Godzilla slippers, freezing his ass off in the basement for you every week. This is the 393rd consecutive week of me doing that. Also sitting in his underground bunker, which is actually just his basement converted into a bar, is my co-host, Matt. I'm also cold, but I wear thermal socks because I'm an adult. <laughs> I wear Godzilla slippers because they are cooler than any thermal socks I have ever owned. I don't actually disagree with you. That sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have slippers that I wear around that have like, um, you know, since I work from home, my, my attire has basically been uh, full troll mode. Most people say goblin mode, right? But like those are yeah. people without beards. I'm a troll. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> I'm going troll mode. <laughs> I, I would just say with the beard, you're nomad. You're no mode right there. My wife had some friends over the other day, and um, I was joking with them that I'm an urban hermit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Like, you know, because Bev was basically talking about how it's been a really long time since we had anybody in the house, and I was like, yeah, it's been fucking terrific. <laughs> like, right, oh, it's been great. Right in front of her guest that broke that streak. I said that without even thinking. <laughs> Oh, brother. So uh, School of Death is the movie that we're school talking about. School of Death. Not School of Rock, but School of Death. It's different. Yeah, and if I were to have made the movie, it would have been School of Death Rock. Yeah, now death metal. <laughs> same, same, man. Same, same. Right. Death yeah, Rock whatever. existed before death metal, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's all good. Oh, there you go. It's all fun. <laughs> it doesn't fucking matter. I don't know how we're gonna talk about School of Death this week. This is uh, gonna be a weird one. Um, I'm yeah. gonna just, I'm just gonna freely admit it. I spent more time watching Mac, my cat, go after the window where he heard birds and try to get out of the window to get after some birds than I paid attention to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a hard one to yeah. uh it's a slog get into. it's a it real is. slog yeah it, uh, it's and it's weird too it's it doesn't make any sense <laughs> we'll get into that definitely because we're gonna definitely be talking some story points but uh yeah. i mean i've we've watched a lot of euro horror even on this show and i've watched a lot on my own as well and um this is kind of one of the more unremarkable euro horrors that i've seen uh there i still have plenty of nice things to say about it, and there's still plenty of things to praise about the movie like for instance it was shot gorgeously the cinematography oh, yeah. is absolutely amazing I'm thinking that uh, this is very much a victim of the Franco era of Spain because yeah. it doesn't have any of the elements that we tend to like in Euro horror, like sleaze and nudity to keep our attention. No, yeah. And the minute you think you're going to get some of that sleaze, it, it, it pulls it away from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, fair warning for everybody that's about to watch it. Uh, it does have, basically, it's like the same exact plot as uh, The House That Screamed, that girls' school movie where the girls are being mistreated and bad yeah. things are happening and everything, only it's pulled back to a goddamn near g rating right yeah it's pretty fucking bad though <laughs> this is the kind of entertainment you can expect under fascism is what i'm saying yeah yeah this is uh this is exactly how fascism likes to work <laughs> well instead of beating up on the poor movie's reputation and talking shit about it let's actually give it a full-fledged review all uh, right fine. because because the school is featured very prominently and a pretty much the main character of the movie in itself all this week all of the pirate radio edit music will feature something having to do with schools up first is going to be the replacements with fuck school <laughs> but before that is a legion patreon ad this will keep you quiet oh hi there i didn't see you you call me cutting a new show. 
I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Twenty-four seconds left in this song. That is the replacements <laughs> with fuck school. Fuck school. <laughs> school is for fools. <laughs> Except for when you realize in the future that everything is set up with how much value they can cram into you to be able to exploit out of you, and therefore, if you don't pay attention in school, you become less valuable to a capitalist society. All right, uh, I don't see a loss here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's good or bad either direction. All I'm saying is we should talk about School of Death. All right, School of Death. Here we go. A young lady, she's strapped down to a gurney, and some person makes a cut onto her head, and she screams, and then we get the opening credits. Uh, Then we have a bunch of girls. They're all hanging out in an orphanage because in all horror movies, there's just a shit ton of orphans, and uh, that's all how that is. Um, Right, though? There's There's always a ton of orphans. I mean, in an orphanage, you tend to have a lot of orphans, yes. But, I mean, just, like, lots and lots of orphans in the world, I guess, in in all movies. Well, horror is loss. Horror is the fear of losing that which you care about in some way, shape, or form, whether it's parts of your own body or your loved ones and or being left alone in a world where no one will take care of you. Jeez, thanks for that. Um, You're doing really good right now. Well, that's what horror is all about. It's supposed to make you think about things that make you uncomfortable and make you scared and make you worried. And therefore, why not take place in an orphanage? Yeah, that's true. And also, who's more, uh, who's an easier prey than orphans? (laughs) Yeah, the Catholic Church has been knowing that for centuries. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, mean, not wrong (laughs) at all. Not wrong. So then one of the girls is kind of just lazy and about and one of the ladies hits her. And grabs this other young lady named Lenore and says that she's in charge. 
Well, Lenore and her friend, I just nicknamed her Red because she has red hair. They talk and that's our first clip. Oh, I'm not concerned. It won't take us too long now to leave this awful institution. That's well and good, but tomorrow is examination day. Yes, and so what? I mean that you'll be seeing him. Yes, but I'm not getting my hopes up too high. You don't believe that Dr. Brown could take even the slightest notice of an orphan like me? He might, I think. Haven't we noticed many times how he looks at you? And besides that... Attention, girls. The directress. I'll speak to you later, Leonor. Good morning, Miss Wilkins. Good morning, Mr. President. May God bless the generous benefactor of this noble institution. Thank you, young ladies. I am very pleased with reports of your progress, and I wish to announce today the forthcoming installation of new facilities for your enjoyment. And in return for this, you will observe the three most cherished rules of principles of this beneficent institution. Silence, discipline, and obedience. <laughs> Enough, Miss Colton. Isn't this a little excessive? She's incorrigible. And she does not submit to your wishes. Isn't that right, Miss Colton? Although this kind of punishment is necessary to discipline the girls, tomorrow she may not attend the physical examination. She must not be seen in this condition. She's still in the punishment room. They'll make her spend the night there. Don't be sad. Try to sleep. There's nothing we can do. What happened to Leonor today? Oh, that's right. Today she hasn't come. Because she's out working for a client. It's a family that needed a serving girl temporarily for their estate. If you'd be kind enough to give me her address, I'll drop by and give her some pills for those headaches. It won't be necessary, Doctor. Give them to me and I'll see that they're sent to her. That will be all, Sylvia. I'm sorry. I, uh, I forgot to bring them, Miss Wilkins. Sylvia, my dear, this is the day you've been waiting for, isn't it? Yes, Miss Wilkins. At this institution, you are placed with a family that is, shall we say, upper class and honorable, and who fear the Lord. I'm very grateful to you, Miss Wilkins. May I please say goodbye to Leonor? The carriage is waiting for you. You have just enough time to pack your things. Whatever you say, Miss Wilkins. I don't want you to be traveling at night, so please be quick about it. Pardon me, but would it be possible to have the address of the house where I'm going? The coachman knows where it is. Yes, of course. Excuse me, Miss Wilkins. <laughs> Your friend, Sylvia, should be on her way now to the house where she's going to work. Yes. And one day you'll be leaving. Couldn't you possibly tell me? London is such a large city. And besides, the rules forbid us to give information to anyone about the others. Of course, there are occasional exceptions. Please tell me, Miss Colton. We'll see. I'm not... Everybody's still awake after that? <laughs> right. All right. Uh, so throughout all this, we see Leonore is getting whipped. Uh, the doctor you, is... Movie. Yeah. And <laughs> the doctor is wondering where she is. And her friend Red is kind of messing things up for the orphanage. So I think they're getting rid of her quickly. So she gets dropped off in her new family and she goes to bed. Then we see this older lady who welcomed her in talking to this man in the shadows. And he says it has to happen now. So then all of a sudden, uh, the scarred face dude, so I just named him Scarface, he gets her and he straps her down to that same gurney, getting probably ready for the same operation we saw at the beginning, and that is our next clip. You are in the hands of science. I'm not going to kill you, nor am I going to hurt you. On the contrary, I only regret that I must operate while you are conscious. The 
mind must be awake in order to react. Calm yourself. There is nothing you can do now. The incision must be made in the exact place. <laughs> All right. Well, that's unfortunate. You sound like he wants to help, but I am. I'm not getting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy's about to perform a fucking lobotomy from the side, basically, is what he's trying to do. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's uh, that's exact. <laughs> you, you are uh, you are speaking truth facts, sir. They're taking a wild woman and cutting out that which makes her who she is. Mm-mm. God, that's terrible. That's what they're fucking doing. Yeah, I mean, it's what they're doing. You're right. I'm just like, oh, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking awful. It's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so we cut to the doctor. He's fencing with the local reporter and he beats the shit out of the guy uh, in fencing. Uh, well, anyway, that reporter, he's coming out after getting dressed. And these two dudes, one of them who owns the orphanage, uh, the president, and another guy, this uh, fatter guy with a beard, they made a bet. And the guy who was fatter bet on the reporter. And so now he has to shave off a beard he has. Well, anyway, that guy's waiting for the reporter as he's coming out after getting changed. And that is our next clip. Lord Ferguson, don't tell me you want to compliment me on my defeat. No, no. I uh, wanted to uh, see you about a matter um, that is rather delicate. Um, uh, they say you know a certain address that makes it possible to enter the portals of paradise itself. Do I explain myself well? Just as if you were an open book. It's true that I have the number, but I've never wanted to use it. Ah, uh, so you and the women don't, um... <laughs> Another insinuation like that, and I'll send for my second. No offense, meant. Uh, will you give me the number? I don't know. I don't know. You know that I shall be discreet. One thing that's important, Lord Ferguson. You want to open the doors to this paradise. Please don't use my name, but use the name of... The Honorable Mr. Granfield. That Puritan Granfield, this isn't possible. <laughs> He's like a tarnished old penny. His other side is the value of a talisman. Okay, now we got some fucking Epstein yeah, level. Epstein of, horseshit. Yeah, Epstein horseshit. Yeah, yeah. Like getting a deal with like some other backroom work from a guy like wanting to enter the portals of paradise. Yeah, so I guess which we all know what that is. I mean. <laughs> right. He's asking to be able to get a subservient woman to bang. Is what yeah. he wants. <laughs> it's not like he's asking for the next where the heroin den is located. <laughs> right. I mean, which is just as bad. <laughs> yeah. That's well, yeah. I mean, at least with the heroin den, you're just hurting yourself. Yeah. If you're making the decision to be in there, you know, but like if he's going to drag somebody to an opium den to turn them into an opium addict so he can. Control oh, yeah. Them. Well, then that's also a problem. <laughs> yeah. That's usually why people were looking for a heroin den back then, especially these upper crusty folks. Not that they Ugh. were doing it themselves. And we hate them. We hate the upper crusty folks. All right. you're, you're still crusty, even though you're upper crusty. <laughs> you're all crusty. Well, anyway, uh, then the uh, uh, the doctor we cut to, we see Red, and she's apparently dead. The doctor's checking it out and tells the uh, scary woman that Red was just living with that uh, he gives her the uh, death certificate, and that's the end of the first 20 minutes. So we kind of see what's going on. The orphanage is probably supplying whoever with the girls and probably something's going on with this operation that makes them docile and you know allows them to be treated in such a way yeah this is essentially an epstein island with a little bit of uh prefrontal lobotomy done from yeah. the temple yeah right it's uh it's weird but uh it's all bad uh, none of it's good and uh they are all bastards who should yeah. die I mean, what they're implying here, I'm kind of glad that this handles it as G-ratedly as it does. Yeah, because, I mean, this could be a terrible fucking, <laughs> a, really a hard movie to watch if they weren't as 
uh, G-rated as they were. Yeah, there are some definite moments that hint at some really awful things that could start happening. Now, when I say G-rated, I'm just referring to the sexual content because the violence yeah. is still there because under fascism, violence is always good. Yes, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, the, the, the violence is there. We're talking about the actual scene of horrificness. <laughs> yeah, actual sexual content and yeah. or yeah. anything that could be considered sexually explicit, yeah. which is why a clearly lesbian relationship that has burgeoned in this uh, child orphanage for these two young ladies is being so ham handedly handled that they are just really close friends. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and of course, you know, show all the violence you want in a patriarchal society. But if you show any sort of sex, well, you're going to hell. But, sex or tenderness or yeah. anything that but uh, killing that's that's fucking that's that's pro-capitalism and patriarchy all the way it's amazing that uh young women being lobotomized on screen is also something that was okay with the censors over there yeah right i don't know man it's fucking who the world's a fucked up place how we even got as far as we have is fucking pretty unbelievable <laughs> we fucked up the planet we fucked up the water we fucked up each other why don't we just finish it off by flushing our brains completely down the toilet that's what i've been saying and no one fucking listens that's what john trent said paraphrase slightly uh, from yeah. uh, in the mouth of madness we can move on all right next 20 starts uh the whip lady the lady who usually whips everyone she shows uh leo uh the address that her friend is now at uh well when uh, she has leo leave the room and all of a sudden the headmistress was in the room and she shows up and she goes you betrayed us and she stabs and kills the whippy lady so that was kind of weird it's almost like there's a faction of people in the school that had no idea that these girls were being sold off like they were yeah and the headmistress woman is part of that, and now she's trying to clean house quietly. Maybe I, I had a, people. I had a feeling whipping lady was also involved in it. Like she's well aware of what's going on. But I think whipping lady, in a sense, I think the reason she was the whipping lady and could go too far is because that's how she, you know, she gets off on that. And then I think she had a very high crush on Leo. So she decided to do something nice for her by giving her that address. Yeah, yeah. But uh, essentially, I think that uh, the whipping lady was getting axed here for giving up the address more. Or oh, less. yeah. Oh, yeah. She was definitely getting uh, killed because she gave up that address. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do think that there are some people I don't think I'm not sure the headmistress is cleaning house because she's trying to cover up is what's going on here. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, and is, also, yeah. I think she killed whipping lady because, again, she she turned against her you know in her mind it, she caused she's a uh a turncoat all right we can move on all right uh so then the headmistress meets with leo and tells her she's now getting a new family to work with and she'll be leaving soon uh leo gets on her way and she's heading to the new producer's house when the stagecoach loses a wheel well, anyway, she kind of realizes she's in this very close area to where her friend was dropped off. So she goes looking around for Red to, try to find the house. Well, then all of a sudden we see Red come walking out of a house, looking just blank, staring, you know, not having a whole lot, uh, you know, going on uh, behind the eyes, if you will. She seems very much in a trance. And when Leo tries to talk to her, the guy who's driving the stagecoach that Red's going to be riding in almost whips her to get her away. Um, 
So, I mean, that guy's kind of an asshole, too. So then she gets a cop who goes to knock on the door, and the lady in the house next door is like, yo, who's making all this noise? What the fuck's going on? And he's like, hey, does anybody live in this house? And she goes, well, not anymore. I mean, someone did, but they don't. no one lives there now. So uh, at that point, uh, the doctor actually shows up to help her, and she's kind of like trying to tell him everything that's happening. And he's like, all right, you know, let's everyone just calm down. And then he uh, takes her to, like, the police and stuff, and that is our next clip. Oh, the doctor knew her very well, so there's no possibility that it might be a case of mistaken identity. But I tell you, my friend is alive. I saw her up close as well as I see you now. Come now, Leonore. Calm down. I'm sure you're confused. It just isn't possible that you've seen her. It isn't possible. Then explain this to me. Explain why the coach driver didn't let me speak to her. Oh, explain how it's possible that just anyone I was speaking to would be wearing Sylvia's medallion. Because, because it's hers. Oh, I thought you were alone. Come in, George. It'll only be a minute. We're just finishing up. Good evening, Doctor. Good evening. Well, Miss, that'll be all for the moment. Although I still think that you could have been mistaken. Thank you for everything, Inspector. If you don't mind, I'll accompany her home. Yes, you may. Ah, I forgot to tell you that with respect to the coachman in question, you can be sure that we will deal with him. Good evening, Inspector. Good evening. Good evening. So then the doctor, he takes her to her new home. And the scary lady's there again and says hello. Um, then uh, we cut to a cop investigating all that's going on, and that is our next clip. Yes, yes. I'm sure it's hers. She would never take it off for anyone. In fact, I remember when she was sent to the orphanage, she had that medallion. And when did you say this young lady departed for Blind Crow House? I think it was exactly 15 days ago. I see. But how did you come to know about her death? Why, I was informed about it by Dr. Brown. Hmm. But why didn't her mistress inform us of her death? The information that I have from the police is that the lady of the house had to take a trip at the time that she was buried. Just a little strange, don't you think, Inspector? You're right, Collins. This case is a bit confusing. I'm thinking about the idea. Yes, Inspector. Oh, no, it would be absurd. Yet there is a possibility that... Oh, I don't know. Kruger! Kruger! I told you that he wouldn't answer. Sometimes when he's in these moods, he spends the whole day barricaded in his room. I am not interested in his idiosyncrasies. I have to see him. Kruger! Kruger! Open up, it's Bob! What are you doing here? And what am I doing standing here? You made it necessary for me to come. Pamela spent the whole night long trying to speak to you. What is it? What do you have to tell me? It's very serious. Leonora seen Sylvia, and the police have got their noses into the whole business. We had to warn you about it. And now, what are we going to do? Nothing. The police know that she lives here. We just have to watch and wait. I will make the decision, as I always do. So I'm warning you, Kruger, I will not tolerate you locking yourself in like this. I don't like your donor voice, Bob. Don't threaten me. I don't care whether you like it or not. This will be painful for you, I know. By this means, we'll find out the truth. Dr. Brown... Please. Dr. Turner, did you attend Sylvia? By the time I was called, I wasn't able to do anything. Well, in your opinion, then, what made her die? Paralysis of the heart. I didn't think it necessary to have an autopsy. The symptoms were indisputable. Her girlfriend affirms that the defunct never suffered from heart trouble. Yes, that's so. And she also attests to having seen her alive last night. 
Then uh, we see they go to the graveyard and dig up Red's casket, and Red is in the casket. There's nothing unusual about her body, according to the coroner. Uh, as her, uh, uh, Leonor sees Red in there, and she has kind of a paper clips moment as well. Um, as they uh, leave, the lead inspector, he accosts Leo for making stuff up and being like, hey, that's not, you, know, you shouldn't be doing any of this. And I don't want to, you know, don't come to me again with all your make-believe stuff. The doctor says she needs a day away from everything and to have fun. And so he takes her out and they have a nice stroll. Uh, as they're riding in the carriage, uh, we come to our next clip. I'll never forget our stroll in Regent's Park. It made me feel so much better. There'll be many more occasions like that for you, I hope. Sylvia! Sylvia! It was Sylvia, Doctor! She was riding in that coach there! Really, Leonor, it was just a few hours ago that it was proven to us that Sylvia is no longer alive. Can't you understand that? Yes, yes, Doctor. You're right, I don't know how to explain it. It's not just a sensation. But please listen to me. Can't we follow that coach? Very well. Coachman! Sir, follow that carriage. Get up. And that is the end of that 20 minutes. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Nobody knows. That's that's we're just we're we're just meandering around like yeah. her friend disappeared. Is her friend dead? No, her friend's not dead. Yes, her friend is dead. Her friend's in the grave. Now they're seeing her friend out and moving around again. Yeah. It's uh, we are not here to understand anything. <laughs> you are not put onto this earth court psyops to get it. <laughs> yeah, you are not put on this earth to get it, Mr. Button. <laughs> <laughs> jesus fucking christ okay as as close as i can follow it that's basically what's happening right like her friend is not dead but they made her friend look like she's dead so they're doing this whole like sort of zombie thing but now they're seeing her other places and they're following her around the school may be involved the school may not be involved the headmistress may know what's going on and may be doing a cover-up and may not be or just murdering people just for the sake of murdering them because they gave out an address yeah <laughs> an address well that's a murdering if i've ever heard of one before Right. Like <laughs> we're not really getting like story or pathos no. or, or character development. We're just being shown things. And most of the things that we're being shown are people meandering around saying that they're looking for something, but not really. Yeah. It, it really, we're, we're getting a, but <laughs> it's so weird to try to explain. We're not getting a story as much as we are getting people reading from a script of words that were made into sentences. That <laughs> makes sense at all. Yeah, yeah. It, There's no cohesiveness to it. I don't feel like I'm being taken on a journey. I feel like I'm watching people go through motions. <laughs> right. And at this point in the film, I'm actually watching my cat going nuts for birds out the window because it's <laughs> way more engrossing. And I haven't missed any of the plot, quote no, unquote. You're, you're, it, you're, you could literally have just listened to all the clips I've done and you're pretty much, you know what's going on. Right, because they, they tell you some of the pertinent information, but then they ignore it for like another hour while you watch people riding around in coaches. Yeah, yeah, doing stupid shit. Yeah, if you're watching, it's like the daily errands of people in the 1890s is what yeah. you're watching. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we can move on. All right, the next 20 starts out, uh, they follow the carriage uh, to a uh, house, and as they're checking out the house, they both see red in the window. Um, so the doctor takes uh, Leo away, says, you go back home. And she's like, should we go to the cops? He goes, uh, there's something different afoot here. And I, I don't really want to go to the cops about this because it's not good at all. Um, 
so uh, then they share a little moment where they're kind of like, you know, you can tell they care for one another and all that kind of stuff. Um, so then we cut to that big dude who had to cut off his beard earlier. Well, he's hanging out and that's who's red has been brought into. Uh, he's like, Hey, this is going to be a real nice night. And, you know, she takes off her Cape and she's like, should I continue like taking the rest of her clothes off? And he goes, no, 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 no. Cause apparently he wants to romance her. Uh, you know, somebody who can't think or do anything for themselves at this point. Um, <laughs> Yes, yeah, he wants uh, a living sex doll, but he also wants to take his time and be tender with the rape he's about to do. Yeah, yeah. She's not capable of giving consent after that procedure. Exactly. Apparently. <laughs> so he goes, Look at this. Do you know what this does? It plays music. And I'm like, Wow, impressive, you fat rapist fuck. So anyway. <laughs> In the 1890s, actually, that probably would have been very impressive. Probably would have been, but I don't have to be impressed by the things a rapist does, all right? That's fair. Just because he possesses a lot of material value doesn't mean that he's not le- he's any less of a rapist. That's right. Well, anyway, um, so then, but the music just stars, and it reminds her of the old man outdoors who was playing music, and then it, all her memories come flooding back. She starts screaming, and he goes to attack her, and she stabs him, and he dies from that. Uh, she then remembers being in the casket and hearing the uh, address that she was taken to. So they kept the address kept being repeated and repeated. Anyway, we cut to Scarface. He's watching Leo from a window as she sleeps in her new home. Uh, so Scary Lady then gets a call, and she talks to Scarface, and that's our next clip. I spoke this minute to Bob. He said you must operate on the girl tonight. That's impossible. I need more time. Bob says we can't wait that long. You understand? We've got to get rid of her tonight. It's all very well, but what about Dr. Brown? Have you thought of that by any chance? Bob will attend to the doctor. Was that the headmistress that was just talking to him about that? No, nope, that was Scary Lady. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, then uh, Red shows up and Scary Lady sees her. And she's like, hey, get out of here. Sees he has a knife. We see Leo's asleep. She wakes up, sees Scarface, and she passes out from his face. Then Scarface hears the Scary Lady make a noise, and he comes downstairs, and we see Red has killed Scary Lady. Red sees Scarface. She runs away, but he chases her. He catches up to her and kills her, and then moles her face with a rock yeah he's trying to hide who she is yeah as they're leaving he runs uh, as uh, leonore wakes up looks around and then she's like i gotta get the fuck out of here runs right to scarface and he's like don't run don't be scared but she's scared and she does run as she runs she runs right into the doctor who takes her back to the orphanage and that's our next clip she's gone through that poor poor creature it's unexplainable the references the richmond's gave could hardly have been better Yes, I took the liberty of bringing her to the school because I thought it would be safer for her. That was quite the proper thing to do, Doctor. Then I'm afraid, Miss Wilkins, that I must inform the authorities of all this immediately. It's my duty. Uh, Before you do, I'll bring some tea for Leonor. I won't be long. (laughs) Don't be frightened. I'll take you out of here as soon as I can. Trust me. You'll be all right. This will help you feel better. Thank you, Miss Wilkins. I really should go now. 
I'll come to see you tomorrow. Good night, Leonor. Good night, Doctor. Thank you for everything. Good night, Miss Wilkins. May I see you to the door? No, don't bother. And now that will lead us into the final 30. Oh, so that's the end of that 20 yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, we're we're kind of getting an idea of more of what's going on. Uh, things we've already kind of suspected were happening. Uh, and you're about to find out that the headmistress is directly involved in all this, starting out in the next, the final 30 here. But... Yeah, I I I was getting the scary leader and the lady and the headmistress confused. I will yeah. freely admit that. Yeah. Um. I I totally. They were getting. I don't know. They just got crossed in my mind. I was getting a uh, scary lady and whip lady confused, and I'm like, wait, how is scary lady scary lady here when she was murdered before by the headmistress? And I'm like, oh wait, that's because she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of distinguishing characteristics between the grown up women that are part of this sex slave ring. Yeah. Because that's what this is. This is a red, sex slave ring. Red looked exactly almost like the headmistress, only with different hair color. <laughs> but they had the same facial features. Like one could have been like mom and daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So far, we know for sure that there is a select a sex slave ring that's being run out of this school. Yeah. The Scarface doctor or Dr. Scarface or whatever you want to call him. That guy is doing all of the operations, but you get the sensation that he does that because the women are terrified by his looks. So he started doing this and then other men decided they wanted the same. Yeah. So other men were like, hey, maybe you can help us out too, I guess. I don't know. Uh, be gross. Because that's that's exactly what they're being is gross. But the film never really tells you how this all got started. This has just clearly been under operation for quite a while. Yeah. Where they have a sex slave ring being run out of this orphanage for young women. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly how this seems. <laughs> that is at least as straightforward as this movie will get with you. <laughs> Yeah, otherwise you're just kind of watching people fumbling into finding this stuff out, yeah. and then the film just like shows you the evil people talking and all of their plans to uh-huh. do the reveals. Exactly. So you just kind of meander through it. Like I said, it's just there's no deep on like the the main girl doesn't really do any deep uncovering or anything. She's just caught up in the web of their deceit, and eventually we'll find out you know the truth about all of these people just because eventually they can't hide who they are anymore. Yeah. And that's it, because she's going to be their next victim. It's just a matter of when. And we're just sitting here waiting for her to either try to figure it out by fumbling through life or to figure it out and get away from them. Yeah. And like, you can like, just God damn it, lady, figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a pain in the butt. We can move on. All right. So the final 30, we start. Uh, the mistress takes Leo into the whipping room and literally tells her, you know, hey, you're the biggest problem here. Um, well, why couldn't you leave well enough alone type shit? And you know, this room and you can scream all you want and no one's going to be able to help you. You know, this room and you're just like, oh, fuck Jesus. Well, sorry, Leo, you're fucked. Anyway, as the doctor's leaving, he actually gets attacked by the guy driving a stagecoach. He successfully defends him off, uh, when the cops with the town whistle shows up and is like, uh, you know, what the fuck's going on? So the other guy runs away. Anyway, then the main inspector and the coroner call a meeting of uh, the reporter and the doctor, and that is our next clip. The criminal didn't want anyone to recognize his victim. It seems to be the work of a maniac, but I didn't summon you here to speculate about the possible causes of the murder of a woman who was found drowned this morning. Our friend the coroner has his thoughts. 
and I think that it will be of interest to you in terms of your own respective positions. Do you notice a small scar? I wouldn't have given it much importance if I hadn't observed exactly the same scar on the girl we exhumed the other day. It was precisely in the same place on her forehead. That's most interesting. I find it curious that you didn't mention that when you made out the death certificate. Yes, but you see, when Mrs. Chambers, her employer, called me over to sign the death certificate, I didn't examine it too closely because I found the symptoms too obvious. Ah, yes. These complicated details are always left to the skills of the coroner's staff. You piqued my curiosity to be porter, Doctor. Our friend Coleman has also led us to understand he's suspicious of the coincidence of those scars. Would you mind explaining this to us? Uh-huh. I think it was around ten years ago that a doctor by the name of Kruger acquired an infamous reputation for his experiments in the area of brain surgery. He claimed that he had discovered the method of depriving the brain of its capacity to store up any information, incapacitating the brain by the means of making an incision. I've never heard of him before. Because you're much too young, Dr. Brown. Uh, tell me, coming back to Dr. Kruger, he also experimented with human beings. Yes, that was his mistake. When they went to make his arrest, he started a fire in the laboratory to cover up his evidence of the experiments. And during the fire, something hit him in the face, converting it into one immense ugly scar. He was then sentenced to prison and forced labor for life at Cayenne. For a moment there, I thought I had a really big story in the offing. But you say he's in Cayenne. Do you think I would have called you up just to make you waste your time, old boy? Uh, then you think that he's... Yes. With his criminal but brilliant mind, he succeeded in escaping three years ago. What I don't quite understand is how you relate him with the scar found on Sylvia's temple in the corpse of this woman. If it had to do with him alone, I wouldn't relate it at all. But there exists a curious circumstance that he escaped from prison in the company of one Bob Wilcox, also an intelligent man who's been making his living in blackmail, in extortion and in prostitution. Then you mean you think that they are here? Beyond any shadow of a doubt, they're together and they've been working here in London. Kruger furnishes the operation and Bob Wilcox supplies all the clients. A story of this magnitude could get me on the front page. It could even give you some big headlines in the world's press. And if our friend Brown, who should be familiar with Sylvia's anatomy, could confirm our suspicion that the body is hers... Then the same one that was buried was exhumed and was buried again. Huh. Do it, Brown. And I'll do you any favor you want. Huh? I hate to disappoint you, but I'm afraid that's not possible. Sylvia was always in such excellent health that I never had the chance to examine her at all. Well, what a shame. That might have shed a little light on a certain hypothesis I'm carrying around here. Well, you're turning into what we newspaper men call a fountain of knowledge. Come on, Michael. Give us some more now. If this was Sylvia Smith, it would mean that something has gone wrong for the team of Kruger and Wilcox. Uh -huh. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your invaluable help. Thanks, Michael. I'm off to the office. Goodbye. Hello. It's not my place to say so, but do you think it's safe to forewarn the criminals by allowing George to publish your suspicions? I'm hoping they'll become nervous and will commit some kind of grave error. Uh, here's the information you wanted, Inspector. Uh, some reporter tells you that you're a fountain of knowledge. Don't take offense, Collins. You are. You certainly are. Isn't that a better story where those guys break out? Yeah. And, like, go into business? And, I mean, we get, like, a quick little backstory explaining how they ended up working together to make this sex slave operation out of this orphanage. But it's a better story to hear about how they broke out. And maybe we should have started there. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. That might have been nice. I mean, yeah. Uh, but, all right. So, 
Yeah, we'll just. Unfortunately, we, we we can't go back. So anyway, uh, we cut to Scarface injects Leo with some stuff, apparently killing her. There's a funeral afterwards, and the mistress and the owner of the orphanage talk to the doctor, and that's our next clip. I don't understand why you refuse to sign the death certificate. How could you have done this to me? Because last night when I left her, she was in perfectly good health. Besides, I've signed too many death certificates, Granfield, during these two past years. Doctor, do you realize that your refusal is compromising our situation? They will have to submit poor Leonor to the cruelty of an autopsy. How will that make us look? If you have nothing to fear. We were thinking of having a big funeral. I beg of you in her memory. There is still time. She'll be taken to the morgue this afternoon. But the autopsy won't take place until tomorrow morning. There is still time to celebrate a solemn mass and funeral. All I have to say is I regret having brought you here to this institution. A very great favor done for us by our friend Alan with his article in the Monitor. Do you think it will get results? I'm sure at least we've laid our nets. Inspector Coleman speaking. Ah, oh, nice to hear from you. Yes, yes. Are you sure? But that could be dangerous. You can count on my help. Thank you, Doctor. The first big fish is headed into the net. I'd like to speak to 558 Postland. Hello. Could I speak to the Honorable Mr. Granfield? Now that that's all completed. So now we see the doctor. He's in a graveyard. And as he's walking, he gets attacked and they bury him alive. However, his cops, friends all show up and dig him out. And they catch the president of the orphanage. And that is our next clip. No need to worry. You're safe now. Well, it worked. Your idea of imitating Kruger brought us to Mr. Granfield. Though it almost cost you to lose your life, my friend. Take him away. Uh, yes, sir. Come on. Did you move on there? When did you begin to suspect that Bob Wilcox was hiding under the guise of the Honorable Granfield? Well, there were many things that made me suspect him. It would take much too long to explain. Doctor, you must pardon me. When we were in the morgue, I asked if you would confirm by her anatomy that the body of the young woman was Sylvia's. I knew it was Sylvia's. I don't understand. At that moment, I suspected everyone for a number of reasons. One was the fact that everyone who was present at the cemetery had been told hours beforehand that, that Sylvia's cadaver was to be exhumed. Do you recall? When we arrived, the ground that covered the grave had been very recently dug up. And besides the scar, the color of her hair, her complexion, and other details that escape me now made me suspect foul play. I don't think, Inspector, that that alone would be enough to know. No, of course not. We went to the cemetery and exhumed the coffin again. And you know what we found? No, what? Plain rocks. Only some plain rocks. When do you hope to catch Dr. Kruger? I mean the rest of them. It's just a question of hours. I know that when I see Granfield now, I'll be able to have some more exact information. Ah, yes. Come by my office tomorrow. We'll make out a declaration, and you can sign it. Excuse me, Inspector. Uh, we've been uh, trying to locate you. Well, what is it? The cadaver of Leonore Johnson has disappeared from the morgue. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Then the mistress walks into her office and the reporter is sitting there. And that is our next clip. <laughs> Are you crazy coming here like this? I'm sorry, Bob. It's just that I'm frightened, that's all. 
It had to turn out badly. I knew that it would. I had the suspicion. It's Brown who has got us into this situation. No. Underneath all this, there's the mind of the diabolical maniac Kruger. He's trying to get rid of us, I know. Let's get away from here, Bob. Why, we still have time. Once away from here, we could begin a new life. Please, Bob, we could be happy again. I know. Don't tell me again. You never loved me, never. And even though I knew it, I sacrificed myself for you. Because I loved you. And now it's... now it's over. We're all finished. No, not finished. They've caught Granfield, but that's not what's bothering me. You didn't tell him that Bob Wilcox and George Allen were the same person, you see. What are you saying? The only persons who know are Kruger and you. The police. We're finished. I'm sorry. Okay. All right, so the cops get up there, and we find the headmistress is now dead, and the reporter guy is just gone. Then the doctor wakes up Leo and says they actually had to put her in a very like deep sedative state to make her seem dead so that they could draw out all the fiends who were doing everything. Then all of a sudden, who shows up but our reporter dude? And apparently the reporter dude is the actual, as he says in his little statement there, he's that Bob person. He's not the reporter. So uh, all that kind of you know, gets relved about and they decide to have a sword fight because, you know, that's what you do. And as a sword fight, the uh, reporter cuts the doctor's face, shows scarring beneath it. The doctor removes his face, showing that it was a mask and that he is, in fact, Scarface. And Scarface has been this doctor the whole time. They fight and Scarface is able to kill the reporter, but not before being mortally wounded. He speaks to Leo, and that is our final clip. Don't look at me like that. I, I didn't. I didn't know how to tell you. I know I failed. I no longer exist. When I want to live more than ever, the life you gave to me, I no longer have the right to. Call you Leonor. My. My Leonor. I. I regret. I regret that you have to see me like this. Because it was I who loved you. And not the young man of the mask I wore. And even with the mask. My, my eyes that carried the message of love to, to, to your eyes, and, and it was my soul that reached your heart through, through my words. I... 
Why is she that's, sad that this guy's dead now? I don't get it. I, I, I don't know. And I don't know if she's sad that he's dead or if she's just shell-shocked. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just such a weird response that they did in this at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. He dies. Uh, she kind of gets her cloak and she breaks down crying as she goes up the stairs, as one would when being something this traumatic happens. Uh, and that is the end of the movie. Roll credits. diabolical that he's pretending to be the doctor that's helping the police and helping this girl investigate the disappearance and all of the bad things that are happening but at the same time he is, he is the, the person doing, doing all of this and basically the second in command in charge of making sure that these sex slaves are kept in line and in order yeah exactly it's uh it's a and it's a fucked up story so is he the good guy is he the bad guy why would he help all the other people get caught if he's you know also involved in this uh you know like what the hell <laughs> yeah the motivations behind a lot of the character actions in this i don't think they really stick the landing with the twist they were trying to do yeah um, the, I don't mystery, either. the mystery and intrigue that they were trying to like uncover isn't even there no uh, it just everything just seems to kind of like happen randomly and it just sort of falls into their laps it doesn't make for i mean it's not boring it's just a bit of a slog because not really much happens but there's enough to do to grab your attention here and there uh whenever the violence does happen the blood and gore is like old-timey effective like a hammer film style you know the color of the blood is the same and whatnot yeah the cinematography, as I mentioned earlier, is absolutely gorgeous. Everything on screen looks great. Uh, even the cheapy burn makeup effects on the scarred face doctor, whenever they show him his like full visage and like, you know, his monster makeup glory, if you will, from his disfigurement, it's actually not that bad. It's actually lit pretty well and it's for the time relatively decent looking, but it does lose some of the shock value because you've kind of seen him like that. And yeah. he is just a man who was disfigured by an unfortunate incident where he was, you know, burnt. But he was burnt, but he was also experimenting on people. So how unfortunate as is it actually <laughs> that he was scarred? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. But I mean, just the fact that like his monstrous visage is just, you know, something that could yeah. happen to anybody who got in the wrong circumstance with a fire. That's yeah. what I'm saying. All right. I get you. I got it. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. It it didn't really intrigue me all that much. It didn't really grab my attention all that much. But I think it's just a bygone era of filmmaking for Euro horror that maybe it just, maybe this one just wasn't for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I just, it never took off. It never gave me, I don't know, an actual story. Again, I didn't feel like I got an actual story out of anything. I felt like I got a script that somebody put together and just named a whole bunch of horrific things that, uh, you know, that could be done to people. And then they 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 tried to make a movie out of it. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the Euroshock style of horror where they're trying to like really, really grind at you and make you feel like everything's awful. But there were films that came out just a few years earlier in other countries that weren't suffering from this kind of draconian censorship. Mm -hmm. And then there are films that shot for other parts of the world that even came out during the same time in Spain and the draconian censorship that was happening. And the scenes that they shot for the other parts of the world, you know, 
were just really graphic and, you know, kind of gave yeah. the nudity and all of that kind of stuff that would somewhat keep your interest if that's all you're coming to these films for. But they also, a lot of the other films that were shot in this era had stories that were a little bit more cohesive or that you could at least follow and understand. Yeah. You know, we've covered a lot of films that have come out of the 70s in Spain when General Franco was still in charge. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they weren't like this. They didn't no. feel this. Hap- they didn't feel, yeah, they didn't feel like just a sloppy movie put together for maybe a quick payday for somebody. Right. And you get that with your horror where they just kind of throw something yeah. together and it looks gorgeous and there's some really interesting ideas, but usually there's still somewhat of a cohesive story, even in some of those. Like yeah. Laure- Lorelai's Grasp had a very thin idea of what it was going to do for a story, but what it stuck to kept us interested. And it wasn't just because of the nudity in the all girls school there. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. It was, there was an actual uh, there, there was an actual cohesive story being told. Yeah, it had a through line a little bit more than what this one did. Yeah, exactly. And, and it doesn't really, I mean, if if you just want to look at the lush, glorious backgrounds and, you know, the makeup of the era and all of that kind of stuff and enjoy it, then this Blu-ray is perfect for that for you. Absolutely. But oh yeah, if you're trying to enjoy, you know, an actual mystery story being uncovered or, you know, this adventure that this girl goes on to try and protect and save her own life and find out what happened to her friend who she dearly loved, who was very clearly her lesbian lover that they didn't want to even try to code. No. But yeah, yeah, that was the, the, those two were close with a capital C. <laughs> yeah, they weren't leaving any room for the Holy Spirit, if you know what I mean. And I think that's damn right. <laughs> All right, well, why don't we take the break here? We'll uh, play some groovy ghoulies when we come back. We'll do some psyop news and we'll get the fuck out of this episode. All right. All right, here we go. So that is Groovy Ghoulies with School Is Out. <laughs> and School Is Out. I'm surprised that's not one unless it is later. Uh, it will be. Actually, the final song of the episode whenever I tell everybody to kick the fuck out of this week is going to be a version of School's Out. Oh, there you go. But they're not going to get to that until you give them some psyop news. Uh, from a new one, a uh, new person who I don't recognize, uh, Vila. So this is from our listener, Vila. He must have an incredibly long penis. Again, we don't even uh, know if anybody has the penis or not. We're just going to, everybody that submits a story gets that everyone, clip. Yeah, everyone gets that clip that, yeah, uh, your either real or metaphorical penis is super long. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> my thought is we should just have uh, Lee re-record that where uh, yeah. he just says they have really impressive genitalia. 
Yeah, right. Some, yeah. Anyway, uh, Alaska woman pleads guilty to killing best friend after man catfished her and offered to pay $9 million for murder videos. Oh, really dark, but kind of fitting for this episode's movie. Yeah, right. Uh, an Alaska woman pleaded guilty to killing her quote-unquote best friend after a man she met online said he would pay her $9 million if she sent him photos and videos of her committing murder. I mean... Jesus. I'm advocating corpse fucking here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, Denali Brimer, 22, pleaded guilty Wednesday to first degree murder in the June 2019 death of Cynthia Hoffman, the Alaska Department of Law said. Hoffman, 19, died from a gunshot wound to the back of the head. Her this is body like was. This is a death fucked a porno. Her body was dumped in the uh, Eklutna River. About 27 miles northeast of Anchorage, court documents state. The Anchorage District Attorney's Office had previously said that Bramer, who was 18 uh, at the time of the crime, started planning the murder after a man she met online told her that he would give her money in exchange for evidence for killing someone. You want a fear boner. Uh, Jesus. Uh Bramer knew the man as Tyler and had begun a relationship with him, but authorities said he had catfished her and created a fake persona as a millionaire from Kansas. His real name is Darren Schilmer, Schilmiller from Indiana, authorities said. Court documents state that Bramer and the Schilmiller started planning several crimes in exchange for money, including the, holy Jesus, the rape and murder of someone in Alaska. I hooked up with a bad boy. Yeah, this is a really, I'm going to just stop with the clips because this is getting darker and darker the more yeah. we talk. Yeah, this is, this continuously gets darker and darker. Man, some of our uh, our audience really likes us to, to play on some like horrific shit here. Uh, let's see here. So, Bremer chose Hoffman as the victim and recruited four friends, Caden McIntosh, Caleb Leland, and two other unnamed juveniles to help her, according to the authorities. Bremer told them they would get substantial shares of money for helping her kill Hoffman. Authorities said that Bremer and the two of the teens tricked Hoffman to come into with them. And, I mean, now she's got a group of people, just random people together, agreeing to murder someone for money. <laughs> it's amazing how easy that is, isn't it? Yeah, that's a little scary how easy this is right now. Because it's not like you went looking and online to find people to help you commit a murder. Literally, they were already hanging out with you. How fun? I mean, wow. Um, look, man, eggs are like seven bucks a dozen. And, you know, times are hard and people are murdering for money. Jeez, I guess. Um, they bound her hands, feet, and mouth with duct tape, shot her in the back of the head, and dumped her body in the river, court document state. As the crime was being committed, Bramer sent photos and videos to Shill Miller, authority said. After killing Hoffman, the group destroyed some of her personal belongings and texted her parents that they had dropped her off at a park. Police said there's no evidence Hoffman had been sexually assaulted. Wow. Uh, Just really yeah. fucking dark. Alaska Department of Law said Wednesday that Bramers admitted the admitted the facts contained in the complaint initially filed in the case. Uh, the Anchorage Police Department, FBI, and other agencies assisted in investigating Hoffman's death. Brimer was arrested in 2019 and died on first-degree murder, first-degree conspiracy to commit murder, first-degree solicitation of murder, tampering with physical evidence, and two charges of second-degree murder. Following her plea of guilty to first-degree murder, the other charges were dismissed. The Alaska Department of Law said she is scheduled to be sentenced in August and faces 30 to 99 years in prison. Her attorney did not immediately return requests for comment on Saturday. 
Shill Miller was arrested and indicted on five murder counts as well. Online court records for show. McIntosh and Leland were indicted on four murder counts, according to court records. McIntosh was also indicted on tampering with evidence. All three have pleaded not guilty and are awaiting trial. Their attorneys could not be immediately reached. Hoffman's family previously said that they believe she was targeted because she had a learning disability that put her at a younger developmental age than her 19 years. Holy shit. Yeah, it just keeps getting darker the more we hear yeah, about it. That kept getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> wow, people are fucking just the worst. America's a bunch of cunts. Uh, they are. Oh my good God almighty. Well, that's a great place to leave everybody feeling awful. So we're going to play yeah. the Ending Legion promo. When we come back, we're going to have MC5 with High School. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. songs about you know a sex slave factory yeah right for, for our fitting music for uh it just any, doesn't any, work for me anything for the pirate radio edit yeah i don't even know if i want songs about that kind of subject matter thank you very right. much no thank you <laughs> let's just uh, pull the chain on this whole entire yeah. episode uh google cinema psyops or just go to legionpodcast.com you can find us right there at cinema psyops if you do the search that's our main landing and launching page cinema psyops on legion podcast all of our episodes are there even the 
ones that you can't get anymore through iTunes feed because they cut us off because we've been doing this for 393 fucking weeks of our lives. Yeah, right. And you can listen to how our lives have fluctuated and how sometimes it seems great and other times it seems maddeningly depressing. <laughs> but all of it is on a steady decline as all of society is right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, woohoo. If you'd like to try and distract yourself from the society that's currently in decline, I would recommend our Legion Discord chat where you can start speaking with a lot of like-minded folks that like the same movies that you do. And maybe you'll be able to distract yourself. From the eventual end of the planet Earth that we are looking at. Yeah, I'm on Facebook shitposting to the Cinema PsyOps group and on my main feed of Court PsyOps there as well. Uh, The meme repository is still currently closed just because, well, I've run out of memes and the joy of finding them is taking too much time with my busy schedule now that i actually work for a living (laughs) yeah right now that you actually have to do work (laughs) right i'm at a place now that requires all of my faculties i don't i can't i can't fuck off like i used to yeah no kidding well welcome to the fucking working man (laughs) well it is what it is well while you're out there wondering what the fuck i'm talking about because i'm an engineer and those people don't actually work kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch in progress there we go can you three and, two one clap yeah, yeah. Go ahead. one two three all right excellent you can hear me okay can you hear this yeah. perfect all right let's uh rock and or roll oh actually just right real quick before we get started since this is like the second week in a row that you were trying to do clips and your computer's been like basically choking on them and making it really rough yeah um, I'm just going to go ahead and edit clips for you for the foreseeable future, especially since we were talking about you do handling all of March, Mate. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, then I can at least edit your clips for you. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, uh, smoke them if you got them, folks, because here we're going to do start the show. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. Here we go. <laughs> what are you like, goddamn you people? <laughs> And then they were like, what do you mean by you people? And then I looked at them and I'm like, what do you mean by you people? What do you mean by you people? (laughs) We've got to stop quoting that piece of shit movie, man. We really do. I mean, is it a piece of shit or are we pieces of shit? (laughs) Um, I think that's a little bit of a Chinese menu where it's like, you know, a little column, a little column B that you order. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, uh, when the, um, fucking Jesus Christ. Can I read my own handwriting? Keep good health. I think this is the wrong one. I've signed too many Dude. death certificates. Well, that's 10. Yeah, hold on. Where the hell? Are there more than 13? No, no, no. Hold on. Where did I go wrong here? Well, here's uh, nine. Hang on. Here's nine. The criminal didn't want anyone to recognize his victim. That's after the girl gets beaten, and then here's 10. 
Oh God! I yeah. I don't understand why you refuse to sign the. Hold desk. on. So okay, we just got done with that one where the coroner called the meeting. I'm sorry, I skipped a whole section of my notes at right after that. So we're fine. We can go into this here. All right. So, okay, so after right, I just need to do this for my editing. After the ninth clip, we need to go back and start over. No, no. After now the ninth clip, yes. And now I will begin talking right after that corner and they all talked about the body and everything. Okay, right after the ninth clip, this gets edited in. Three, two, one, and go. Ah, there, we fixed it. There we go. And that is our next clip. That's the last one. Uh, second to last. Did I just... Okay. Hey, here we go again. Right. Sorry no, about you're that. you're fine. Um, so this is the last clip, or this is the 12th clip. Yeah, and it should be 13. Yeah, no, no, I got 12th clip that I'm playing right now. Are you crazy coming here like this? Okay, no, that, that shouldn't be the last one for mine. Well, that is the 12th one. Did I play yeah, that one? Yeah, that was the one you just played. Yeah, well, then 13th is the last one that I have, because that was 12. That was number 12 that I just played. Okay, yeah, then there is only one more clip left. Okay, yes. then say right, we're good. that is, yeah, go ahead. All right, so, oh, wait, hold on. No, 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 hold on. There should be 13 total clips. There are. And which one did you just play? Number 12. I was just playing 12 for you, and you said that that was the one that I already played, too. Holy shit. Hold on. <laughs> the hell? Did I miss something? God damn it. Play the next clip. I want to see what it is. Okay, here's 13. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. I... Okay. All right. Uh, I must have missed a fucking clip, then. It's fine. Um, oh, you didn't send me a clip? I, I must have either missed it. I have it down here, but it's fine. I, I know what they said, so it's not going to okay. be a huge problem for me to at least go into. Okay. So do you want me to play this as the final clip, no, and then you'll fix it? Not yet. Okay. It will be coming. Uh, right. the, the the final clip will be uh, here in a little bit. Okay. But anyway, all right. So uh, you're okay. gonna fill in from you're gonna fill in from the last clip and yeah. Okay. We'll so bye. Oh, just a second here. I don't have the clips for that. So hang, hang on. I'm opening them up right now. there wondering what the fuck I'm talking about because I'm an engineer and those people don't actually work. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. It's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. All right. No, no, no. All right. I am stopping recording. Recording stopped.